Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show, an audio masterclass on how to move the needle on your performance and impact as an athlete, parent, or coach. Here's your host, Coach Cahill. What do you think is the single biggest misconception that uh, parents, you find you need to dispel for parents and players in the recruiting process? I think one thing a lot of people don't pay attention to is let's say you want to go to a big power five school and you play, I don't know, use a hypothetical receiver. Did you take the time to look at who they took last year? I mean, how can you be the player that they're looking for if you never know what they're looking for? And for example, you can watch a film, any film, if you're playing that position and go look at the classes they took before and you can see those individuals they took. And you can see, I'm not saying ever to compare yourself to them, but use them as a standard. What was their speed like? What was their burst like? What was their physicality? How did they play the game? Did you look at that? It's no different than college. I mean, go to college, those kids that want to go to the NFL, did you study the last five picks that were receivers? Do you look at the first four, five picks of the draft that were receivers? Do you even know who they are? Well, shame on you if you don't, because that is, that is a standard that they took last year. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what the standard, how do you know what you're shooting for? You're shooting yourself in the dark if you don't have a clear picture and a clear vision of what the standard is that those schools are looking for. So first and foremost, if you're looking to go to a school and you play a certain position, make sure you look at who they took the years past because that gives you an idea what that position coach is looking for, what that coordinator is looking for, and more importantly, what that head coach believes is a great player for their program based off athletic ability. I don't think a lot of people do their research on that part. Sure. Yeah. It, it seems like, you know, you in conversations with young guys and I teach in high school too. It's always, well, where do you want to go to school? Uh, Notre Dame, Boston college. Okay. Well, have you looked at their roster? No. <laughs> well, that's, that's the easiest thing you can do. You don't have to pay any money. You don't have to go to any camps. You don't need access to any gatekeepers. It's just a Google search. It's, it's just it's, a Google search. And, and then you can look at, I mean, we got rivals in 24-7, and you can see who they took. Forget the stars. I'm telling you, just watch the highlight film. It's on Huddle. You're going to have to watch the advertisement, but you can watch all their film, and you can get an idea, and you can then you can look at it. This was a standard. They said this was an offer guy. More importantly, this was a commit. So then look at those guys. And then you can also go back, and let's just say if it's a running back, maybe that school offered based off rivals for 24-7, 20-something Running backs, we'll go watch all their film. What characteristics do they have that you're not doing or maybe you are doing? Because even a baby knows how to mimic something. You know, a baby can mimic you. I mean, we as humans can mimic other people, clearly. But sure. you need to be able to look at see what they're doing so you have an idea. Because if you don't have an idea what they're looking for, how would you know that you're going to be what they're looking for? You won't. Sure. Yeah, and I think we're almost afraid to be blunt or we're really, we're wired to be afraid of reality. At least initially it's a human flaw, but you know, if you, if you take the guy whose position you want to play, who was recruited at the school you want to go to and you put his film next to yours, you really have to sit back and ask yourself, okay, I've watched 10 minutes of tape. Do I actually honestly look comparable to that? And, and if I don't, okay, then, then where do I go from here? Is it realistic to put on 20 pounds? Is it a skills thing? Is it a speed thing? 
or am I going to be better? Do I have to recalibrate my plan for something that's more realistic for my abilities? So my family's just not kind of spinning our wheels without getting traction. Um, you mentioned rankings. What is your philosophy on rankings? I think I'd be actually interested to see what those rankings are post play because then you know what they ended up being. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got all these pre-rankings. Um, a lot of that's for the media. It's a lot of stuff to, to, to draw attention and to have buzz and to create noise and news. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, but I think it'd be interesting to see what those rankings are post play. Did that five-star become a first-round draft pick? Did he, did what happen? Maybe they didn't, maybe they did. You know, you, you, people forget the human factor in all this, where you still have John Doe with all this potential and ability, but now he's going to a new environment with new situations and circumstances that also bring new distractions. And all humans have what in common? We all have vices. And there might be some vices there that tempt us, that draw our attention away from what we went there for. So I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see what the rankings are post-playing. Um, if you're a first round, you know, actually do it that way. If you're a first round or second round, whatever it was, and then see what the, you know, I've never seen anyone do that, but that'd be a very interesting study. There, There is one guy, um, I forget his Twitter handle. He's, he, for fun, he does like uh, basically big data for like kicking and punting for college. Mm -hmm. And I think he, he crunched the data once and I forget what it actually was, but he basically took all the, the five-star kickers, which is funny because every year, there's like a thousand ranking camps for kicking and there's like 255 star kickers. Whereas there's only like two five-star wide receivers in a given class. So something's fishy, but you take the rankings of these guys pre-college as high school seniors. And then you kind of cross-reference it to their performance over the course of four years. And there was very little, there was the, the correlation between ranking and actual panning out in college was, was way looser and more ambiguous than the marketing certainly told you when you, they were trying to get you to sign up for a camp. So what's your, what's your take on the rankings and the stars? I think a lot of times you just get people get lost in it. Yeah. Um, and like we mentioned before, just what are they post? What are they post after playing? Because it's a better indicator to find out what were they after they got there and how did they actually pan out? You know, you all, these stars are just potential. That's what it is. Everyone has this idea of the potential that you have, um, the product that you could bring. And everyone's excited about it, but there's so many X factors that go into it. If that potential and product can actually pan out, are you going to be able to? If you, are you going to be able to stay focused and not allow all the distractions of college and everything else happen? You're going to meet new people. You're going to do all that. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what they are post-wise. But I think a lot of times people do get lost. And if I go to this camp, I'm going to get these stars and stuff. You shouldn't be so lost into the stars because you're you're using, you know, you're using something to truly identify yourself. Where let your film do the talking. At the end of the day, when you go to these camps, you're not playing football. You're showing athletic ability. You're showing some competition based off how many reps you get. And if you get limited reps in one on one, you're going to camp and you only get five reps. That really shows limited competition. But at least you got five reps. But really, when you go to these camps. What are they there to do? They're there to show athletic ability. 
uh, reactionary athleticism, burst, body control, all those things. And those are the things that should really work. And if they're going to, if you really want stars and all that kind of stuff, you should probably be doing that stuff early, you know, working your athletic ability in middle school, being focused and all that kind of stuff, working your flexion, working all those little um, aspects that are going to make you an athlete. So you can show off that athletic ability when you get to that level. Um, but all in all, I think that, like I mentioned before, I think a lot of the, the stars are for the noise and the media to make moves and to, and to have fun with. I think a lot of, a lot of people get behind that and are excited about those things, you know, schools and stuff and, and fans. But I think it's just another piece that, that makes noise and news for college football and stuff like that. Now, do you, um, do you feel like young players put too much of their self-worth into their recruiting as in if they're getting recruiting attention, suddenly I am a good John Doe. I, everybody wants me. If nobody's recruiting you, suddenly you're unwantable or you're a bad person. You're having a bad day. I find that a lot of young players struggle to draw a line in their mind between who they are as a football player or an athlete versus just who they are in general. Right. I mean, a lot of people have a hard time knowing who they are. What is your identity? Is your identity in what you do or is it in who you are? More importantly, it should, if you don't have anything you're anchoring into that is concrete, as in principles and virtues, you're going to fall for anything. I mean, if you really think, because we all know there's an expiration date. There's an expiration date in playing. There's an expiration date in life. There's an expiration date in my job. All those different things. We all have expiration dates. And if you get so lost into what others think you are, what others say you are, how will you ever know who you are? I think kids need to remember you were designed on purpose for a purpose. And it might not be sport. And that's okay. But to get so lost in, in the sport identity there's an expiration date. You're not, have we ever seen anyone play football forever? The whole life? That's, Tom Brady's no. pretty close. Okay, fair enough. I'll give you that <laughs> one. But, but we get the idea. It's, it's, yeah. There's still an expiration date on all of it. And, and you have to be, I think a lot of kids don't know their identity early on. Because if you just asked anyone, what are some principles that you're living by on a day-to-day basis? They might not have any. Well, your principles are going to be a direct reflection of what? Your priorities which is a direct reflection of the promises you're making to you. And you need to have a good idea who you are. And this is who I am, regardless of sport, regardless of what others say, regardless, because I am my number one investment and my number one commitment through the rest of my life. And I better be comfortable and know who I am and what I am without anyone else's saying it and that noise and everything like that. But I think you do have to, I think so many times kids get lost with, if I'm not this, I'll never be like, no, what is that attitude? That is the worst. Like, get out of here. No, you might be great at something else. If you're not good at sport, it's okay. Think about it. It's only 2% that you're making or whatever the high school percentage, excuse me, it's 2% NFL. uh, What's it? 7% of high school kids go on to the next level to play. It's okay. Any level of college football. Yeah. Any level. Uh, So I wouldn't get lost with if you don't make it, if you do make it, it's not going to be who you are because at the end of the day, you have such a huge, a bigger purpose and a bigger plan in your life to do what with 
life, there's no point in life that you're not helping others. So go figure out what that next step is to help others. Because I think that's the ultimate purpose in life is obviously helping and serving and, um, and paying it forward and sharing your life with, with others. I'll say it this way. You know, a lot of times people think about like football. Let me say it this way. You know, what does God love about Jacksonville State football? Let's just, what does he love about football? Let's just ask what, what does he love about football? What does he love about Jacksonville State football? Well, you hear the question and a lot of people answer camaraderie, teamwork, winning, togetherness, all that stuff. Sure, those are great answers, but really, when you boil it down to, what does he love is the same thing he loves about Jacksonville State University, same thing he loves about uh, Jacksonville, Alabama, Calhoun County, the state of Alabama, the United States, the world, people, mm-hmm. people, and without people, there's no point. What do you need to come from? There's no point. So then you really need to realize that, hey, I am a human, that I'm designed on purpose, for a purpose, and it's probably going to have something to do with people and helping people to share and help others. And when they finally click that, that's forget all the other noise. Then you get fired up and you're grounded in something because your life is made for, for a point to make a difference. And I think that's what, and when people can finally captivate that and young kids and young players, and it doesn't matter when a human captivates that, now you, now you got a little fire. Now you got some excitement about what you're doing because you have a direction and no one's going to stop you when you got that fire. I think a lot of times people don't know who they are and they really don't have a mission in life. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, like you said, everybody struggles with knowing where they're going. I don't think that's like human nature to to doubt to some extent. Um, But it's that, that doubt is especially salient for the demographic of high school and college football. You know, you're, your 14 to 22 year old guys. Um, and I think it's very, you know, there's, you know, young, when you're young, you're so eager to latch on to something to call your own and football might just be the most upfront thing, at least visually that you could latch on to. Um, but the, the problem is if you have a bad day at football, well, th- that'll spill over and everything else in your day. Um, but I guess, do you see, um, what do you see as, I guess the, well, I just want to make sure I get this question right. So when you are recruiting, I guess when you're talking to parents in the recruiting process, because parents are a big demographic for the podcast, um, what would be your advice to parents in how to support their kids? parents are in a tough spot because they want most parents want their kids to make their own decisions and feel like they're making their own decisions. Um, but at the same time, they also know that they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, even though my son looks like he's 25, he still looks like he's five in my eyes. Um, so what's your advice for parents in the recruiting process? I think two things that are going to stand out more than anything for, to help for the parents to encourage Clearly, number one is going to be great. You can get more scholarship money because you have grades. It might not be necessarily Division One, but you're talking about Division Two and Three and NAIA. There's almost 900 schools in the country that offer football at the next level. And if you have grades and you have the GPA and the test score, you're going to be able to get a lot more money because I, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but substantially way more schools offer 
based off that you have grades because they have to do what? Yes, FBS gives you 85, 85 scholarships for 85 kids, but everything else, you know, in the FCS level, we get 63 for 85. In Division II, there's lower than that. So what do they have to do? They have to package academic money with athletic money. So the more academic money you bring to the table, the better seats you could end up being if you have the ability to play at the next level. Number two, focus on the schools in your five-hour radius first, early. You know, obviously focus on those grades throughout high school and then focus on those schools in your five-hour radius. And then some schools, because I mean, you're really talking about in a five-hour radius, that's driving distance. And a majority of schools are only able to recruit that five-hour radius because they can get in a car and drive. I mean, it's very rare that you're talking about FCS and D2s and D3s getting in a plane and flying to halfway over the country to recruit. Now, obviously, FBS can do that, but even some of the lower group of fives are not able to do that. It's a regional deal. So I would focus first on those academics because you got to push those academics because that's going to get you the maximum amount of scholarship money athletically or even academically clearly it's going to get you that academic money but it's going to also help with athletic money and when it talks about an fcs school or division two or division three or nai just because it's going to produce more money in the pocket and then number two is focusing on those schools in that five-hour radius because if i'm not getting any sniffs and i'm not getting any interest in those five-hour schools and it doesn't matter the division all divisions make sure you're open to any of them because then you'll know if you're not getting a sniff if you're not getting any type of interest from all those schools in your five-hour radius you know, that might be the writing on the wall i don't mean that to discourage anyone but I mean, those are the schools that are naturally recruiting that geographic area. Those are the schools that are building their rosters with, a, with that geographic area. Take us, for example, Jackson State. Our roster is made up of 78% kids from Alabama and Georgia. That doesn't mean we won't recruit other places, but you know, we have limited resources when you can go out to recruit. You can only really get in a car and drive that five-hour radius. Don't get me wrong, we could take a flight, but the reality is, do you want to spend your resources that way or right here in that five-hour radius? Because there are limitations as you go down in different divisions and they can only recruit so far. So to answer the question, make sure that the academics, push those academics. And, and again, a lot of times you hear kids like, well, I don't like school. Well, if you don't like school, you're telling me you don't like the requirements to participate and play in the sport that you're choosing. So don't say that. And then obviously focus on those schools and that five-hour radius because those are the schools that will know who you are the quickest and soonest because when they are able out to, able to go out on the road of recruiting, you know, Division II is recruiting right now. When they're able to go out, they're going to those schools because they got to take care of that home base, that region. Because why are you going to go outside your region first? You're not going to go outside your region first. You're going to focus on that region because a lot of people might not even know who your school is, but the region does. So I would say those two to really help uh, kids and stuff. And, and when you're starting off with camps and you're taking your kids to camps, you know, start off that, that sophomore. You know, you really got a good chance. Like if you want to have a good idea, if you want to go to the bigger ones, the FBS, if you, you're in the Northeastern region. So uh, go, to the, to go to the Syracuse and the Penn State and the Boston College. And then if you're really a freshman or sophomore, because that's a good chance that you can get seen because they're probably looking at if there's any good underclassmen. But once you hit that junior and senior, they already kind of know who they're recruiting. They really do. 
aren't they usually about three or four recruiting classes ahead? I mean, naturally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, it's normally two. You know, in FBS, you want to be two classes ahead. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of times you see seniors going to some of these, these power five camps. And, and if you want to go to get taught the position, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's an evaluation and you're trying to go to, to get an offers and stuff, and you don't take the time to look at how many commits they have, and you don't know how many more commits they're taking, just use a hypothetical. If you're an offensive lineman, they got five commits. You really think they're taking six? You need to find out before even going. Don't waste the money. Right. Now, if you're going to be taught the position and everything, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to try to earn scholarships and earn and, and be evaluated, you got to go where the opportunity is available. And if they've already taken kids, they're committed to them. They And they, vice versa, there's probably not an opportunity there. So it's being smart and wise and where I go. Sure. And I don't know, I'm not sure if, if it's like this down in, in your region of the, of the country, but, you know, up here, especially the, the, it seems like the, a lot between PA and Maine, we have like a couple hundred college football teams, not a lot of big FBS, but FCS to D3, we got it. On of FCS, yeah. And, and so what a lot of those schools do, and I'll suggest this to, to parents sometimes I'll say, you know, go to, go to like Yale's camp because Yale will have a ton of D3 and D2 high academic schools there as well. Cause they know, okay, well, academically, if you're flirting with Yale, you can be in our wheelhouse too, even if you don't match up athletically to Yale. Um, Northeast the, Conference League. Yeah. I mean, you can go right away to some of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, you still there coach? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm listening. Gotcha. Sorry. I, um, I was just agreeing with you. Like, yeah, you got the Northeast Conference. That's heavy academic. You got right, and some of those other uh, schools up there in Lafayette or Lafayette. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I lost you there for a second, Coach. You still got me? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got you back now. <laughs> um, Apologies. You still there? Yep, I'm still here. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, in terms of uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of recruiting involved is like looking is kind of from like a sales perspective, and it's really young kids' first experience with selling themselves and marketing themselves and talking to people who have the power to say yes or no to something that they really want. So it's really good life training. But how do you tell? What would be your advice to a recruit who is trying to balance the need for them to be persistent and reach out to coaches while at the same time not spamming them? I think first, uh, is there an interest in you? I mean, is there, and don't get me wrong, I think it is good to be persistent. I mean, who's going to promote you if you want? Who's going to work for you if you want? Who's going to hit send if you want? I believe you need to do those things. I mean, now in this day of digital media, you have the ability to do that. Um, But I also think you got to figure out too, are they recruiting that class? Um, What are they recruiting? Because every school does recruit differently. I mean, for example, if you're sending a 2025 film to a JSU, the odds of me looking at that is very slim because we're not recruiting 2025 yet. We're not recruiting 2024. 
we're normally focusing on one class at a time because we have such a trickle down effect where you're having to really focus on recruiting that class of 2022. And what if you offer it a kid and they pick up a power five offer? Well, they're off your board right away. So you got to have an idea and, and really target. It's almost, yes, it's about marketing, as you said, but it's more importantly, target marketing. And if you're a younger kid, if you're a younger kid, that's a class of 2024, 2023, I would focus on those big schools in that geographical region because they're probably looking at more of those type of kids right away. And especially if you played varsity football, if you're a freshman or sophomore playing varsity football, you got a real good chance now because they're going to want to watch varsity film. They're not going to necessarily watch junior, junior varsity or middle school or ninth grade film. But if you're playing on the varsity as a ninth or 10th grader, that's a huge deal. And you want to get that film to those monster power fives through the state schools because you have a really legitimate chance of being evaluated already. Now, I think a lot of it has to do with target marketing and being smart in your target where you're marketing to. I mean, is a school recruiting that class yet? If they're not, you're probably wasting your time. Now, you're probably not going to waste it if you go to camps because you're going to get on the radar, and that's a good thing. Um, but are they really going to be making offers and all that kind of stuff when they're only on two classes? Probably not necessarily. Um, but I would be smart about where your target market is. And that's and that's being smarter about how you market, not just market. And like you said, you want to spam them all. No, you really want to, again, like I mentioned, focus on that five-hour radius first to everybody. I mean, what if you are a 2024 kid and you do pick up an offer from an FCS school? Man, that's huge because now you can even market that even now. Hey, I'm a 2024 kid and I have my first offer. Then you pick up another one. Now it's two offers. So you are playing a little bit of that offer game, but you also got to remember too, are they, what time period is it? For example, this year with FCS playing, it would have been, been really hard to evaluate a lot of players during the spring season because we're playing games where you could then hit up the FBS level because this is, they had spring ball and doing some serious heavy recruiting uh, outside that spring ball time. So you've got to do, you got to be very wise in how you market, where you market and to who you market, because it is about that time, time frame. But if you're really, you got to be able to have something that you're marketing with. If you don't got some varsity film, you got to really have that varsity film highlight to be able to market yourself with. If not, you need to start going to camps to get your name out there and to get recognized. And I'm not necessarily saying going to the rivals or the 21st, whatever those camps are. I'm saying actually they're camps um, mm -hmm. that those university camps and spend some time going to the mega camps. If they have, like you mentioned, if you have multiple D2s or D3s at those camps, I mean, some of the better ones here in the South are the ones Kennesaw and Mercer have where they're going to have, you know, 20 plus different teams recognized there. Well, that's that many more eyes. You want to go to camps where they have more eyes on you because that means what? More opportunities. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, are you being a shotgun or are you trying to be surgical like a, you know, like a sniper rifle almost and you're, you're DMing. A lot, of, a lot of kids, they start marketing and it's like a sawed off shotgun just setting you know, they're trying to, going to try to find Nick Saban's Twitter account and, and spam it. Meanwhile, he doesn't even know what Twitter is. Um, in terms of your, ex, you've had experience coaching at Alabama, correct? Yeah, I was in the recruiting office at Alabama, Tennessee, Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. And then obviously been full-time coach here. Yeah. And I mean, you have a wealth of experience there. Would you mind talking about some of the, how does the, 
what are some of the principles of recruiting that stuck with you from your experiences at these various institutions? Was there one thing you picked up at Alabama that you had? Uh, was there another thing at Notre Dame? Um, what did you take away from your experiences there at, in the recruiting offices? I think obviously at Alabama, you take uh, you take the whole initial approach where how does it start? It starts by identifying, evaluating, marketing, customer service when you're doing the whole recruiting process. I mean, those are the four cores of recruiting where you, if you really think about it, that's the four cores of sales too. I identify right. a customer, I evaluate the customer, I market to it, and then they come on campus or they come to the car lot to buy the car. I got to do great customer service. So, you know, it's really starting off with how do you identify? And an identification starts with just having a name. That's it. You, can't, you don't have anything to watch without having a name. So once you have that name, then you watch that film and, and that starts that whole evaluation process. But even more on that evaluation process, once you do think this is someone that you can pass through, you got to do so much of the academic evaluation, the character evaluation, uh, and so on, and then pass them through. And then you see where they are on that full evaluation when it comes to the board and where do they rank out and how does this guy meet and then rewatch them all. Where does this guy follow? Where does this guy fall? Do we like him better? And that's also, it's, it's, it's amazing because you'll find a lot of players that are very similar. You're like, well, they have a lot of the athletic traits that we're looking for for the position. It's very few that you, I mean, you don't have that many kids every year that you go, oh my gosh, he is that electric. I mean, you have more depth guys than just these crazy elite guys. And don't get me wrong, you do have those elite, elite freak athletes. And you can just turn the film on and go, no brainer. But then a lot of the recruiting falls into that depth because a lot of those guys fall where they're a developmental guy. They have a lot of potential. They have a lot of ability. How will it pan out? And really figuring out, are you an and guy or, or a but guy? You know, and he has this, and he does this, and he does this, but this, but this. And it goes a lot into that character evaluation, academic evaluation, and, and doing your investigation on them. Uh, and obviously, once you have them, once you have your list of guys, then that's when you're marketing, uh, you're sending the mail, you're sending the, the graphics, the individual graphics, you're doing the digital marketing. And finally, when they come on campus, it's all customer service anyway. Show them a good time, love them up and, 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 and really show them what you have to offer for them as a player, as a student and a, potentially as an alumni. Uh, now, I think at Notre Dame, it was a lot more character evaluation, finding the right kind of guys. You have to do a great job of doing your due diligence. Uh, Notre Dame didn't offer that many guys out. I don't remember us offering, you know, not, where you got some of these schools out there offer 200, 300 kids. I mean, Notre Dame was not that way. You were going to, if you were getting an offer, you were getting an offer, but you had to do a really good job doing all your research and bringing that academic uh, report and bringing that character report and having some, some 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 questions answered from teachers mm -hmm. and stuff because I mean I love the fact that you ask questions to the teacher. And for example, is this the character report? I would think so. This is a lot yeah. of the character, but you also will try to figure out what type of student is he. I think mm -hmm. you ask when it comes to character, you don't just ask the high school football coach or the coaches. You got to ask a lot of people that have impact with this individual. You ask the people that necessarily don't have a dog in the fight. If it's the attendance secretary, look, a lot of those attendance secretaries or the volunteers in the front office, they know. A lot of them are moms and they like to gossip. There's no secret <laughs> they, here. They know everything. 
They know everything. Oh, I yeah. know he's late. He's always late. You know, they know these things. Right. And, um, and you'd ask the security guard or the police if that's who you have in the school. I mean, there's different people that you can ask, but I love asking too, you know, teachers. Um, for example, I've done this one countless times where you ask and you look at maybe John Doe had a, a C in English his freshman year, and now he has an A in English his senior year. Well, I like asking both teachers what changed. You know, what, what happened? You know, he, where did he sit in the classroom? Does he enjoy asking questions? Does he ask questions? How does he take notes? Does he take notes? Is he a class clown? Would you want him back in the classroom? Would you, you know, I mean, that's very revealing because sure. you're asking individuals that don't necessarily have a dog in the fight from an athletic stance, right? but you're talking about people that actually are watching you and witnessing you on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think a lot of recruits, but more importantly, people got to understand Every day is an interview and you don't know who might be that one voice or that one recommendation that puts it over the top for you sure, um, or, or holds it back for you because it's so important how you treat everyone with service, honor, respect, dignity, because you never know and you don't know who's asking who. I mean, that's the beauty of uh, the character evaluations or, or just and just in general, when you're right. calling about an individual and reaching out to references, you don't know how impactful you can be. And I think that's one of the things people don't realize is, as well, because what does that university do? And that university is making a investment in you. Right. And they do have to check the boxes of athletic ability, academic character and potential. Um, and community. I mean, I think community is a huge thing. I love finding kids that have so much they bring to the table. I remember talking to a kid just recently. Um, I mean, he was an Eagle Scout. I think he, he also did lacrosse. He also was a Sunday school teacher to the youth. And you're like, what? This is job well done. <laughs> I like this kid. I'm like, holy cow. I mean, that you could see that right. people gave him already responsibility. He was committed to even getting this badge. I mean, it shows so many character traits naturally. Uh, you find someone that's a black belt. I found many a times his kids a black belt. I'm like, no way. Well, think about the discipline it took, the time it took, the commitment. So you know you can check those things off the box right away that go to the human, human behavior part of the evaluation. Sure. Yeah, we had um the coach Joel Rodriguez from FIU on here and he said he, he calls the the or it's just the, the secretary test right well, you know asking asking the secretary hey do you know Johnny and it's usually their their first reaction is going to be very telling you know it's talking to the janitor yeah you know, the janitor's going to know what you're up to yeah. and it's funny you know like the cafeteria how, people they know they know if you leave yeah. a mess they know they know more they than know the if principal you don't clean up your stuff yeah. Yes, these and people how, know. Yeah, it's how you treat how you treat the the little people will often determine the opportunities the big people lend to you. Um, because it's a direct reflection of your heart. How you treat sure. people and how you treat everyone is a direct reflection. Do you have a heart to serve? Do you have a heart to honor? Do you have a heart to respect? Do you have a heart of dignity towards others? Mm -hmm. And that's so important because again, at the end of the day, people remember how you made them feel. And at the end of the day, relationships were the only thing that mattered. Sure. Definitely. Um, we're coming up on your time. I want to be respectful of it because I know you're very busy. Um, last question. What would be one piece of advice you would give to parents, players, 
and high school coaches listening who are who are looking for some advice on how to keep going when they're in the thick of the recruiting process? When it's not going their way or things are going their way or when it's not going your way. Couple of things, you know, if it's not going your way, like, for example, you got to get feedback. If you're not getting feedback, you don't know what direction to take. If you're not getting feedback and you got to be open to feedback and you got to make sure you ask coaches, is there any feedback? What does my film look like? I mean, the more eyes you can get on it, the better you'll have an idea which direction to go. So, I mean, when you're, when you're in a spot or maybe more so when you're in a rut in the recruiting process, what type of feedback have you gotten? And have you gotten multiple feedback? If you're not getting any type of feedback, you don't know what to correct. And I've seen that a lot of times where I just didn't know that's what that was happening. Or also listen to those coaches, listen to some of your coaches, because there's been other times where I've talked to kids. I'm like, that's exactly what my coach said. So you're telling me you just had to hear it from another messenger. Mm. You know, like your coaches are watching football too. They can look at athletic ability. They can look at bursts. They can look at acceleration. Maybe it's your grades. Maybe it's your character. You know, listen to those people because everyone that you meet sees something in you that you might not know. I mean, everyone has something that they can share with you that you might not know. And more importantly, you might have heard it before, but it might be the messenger you need to hear it from. A lot of times it's the same message and you hear it from a different messenger. It resonates differently. So I would be open to feedback because that's going to be a big piece of the pie. Um, and then be persistent. Consistently be persistent. Keep knocking on those doors, especially some of those leads that you have. But again, start with that five-hour radius because I always look at it where if you're not getting any interest there in that five-hour radius, or even if you do have academic uh, grades and you could get academic money, you know there might be a sign there. Like maybe they're not interested. And, and a lot of times people will tell you, if you're asking feedback, they'll tell you, hey, you're not fast enough. You don't, you don't bring your hips on contact. You're not blowing people. You're not, you're not blowing people off the line. You're not physically, you know, you got to get that feedback to know even what you're uh, to correct or improve. But also, you know, be, let me say this, be brave to ask for feedback. Because a lot of times, like we mentioned earlier, people don't want to know. They don't want to know the truth. And I think it'll, if you're just open and honest and you ask for feedback, and if you don't like the feedback you get, you know what? Go to someone else and ask for feedback. And it's, again, you might hear the same message from a different messenger and it will resonate differently. But if you constantly and consistently hear the same thing that you need to work on, you probably need to work on it. And if it comes from the same coaches, then, I mean, take the sign of, hey, let's go ahead and start correcting these things. Um, because your high school coaches too know college coaches and they can help you because those college coaches are building relationships with high school coaches or prep school co coaches or junior college coaches because they're expecting them to continue to tell them when they have a player or not. Uh, and they know because we're going to have to count on those coaches to tell us if Johnny, how, how Johnny, how Johnny practices, how Johnny responds in the game, how focused is he? How dedicated is he? Like, you know, a lot of times these kids think that just doing what the team's doing will get them there. No, you're just doing what's average. You're just doing what's required. You got to ask yourself too, what am I doing to separate myself? So if you're in a rut, 
get the feedback you need, ask for feedback, and then ask the question, honestly, am I only doing what the team's doing? Well, that's average. You're not even separating yourself. You're only doing what's required. How are you separating yourself? Really, if this is what you really dream and you really want, what are you doing to separate yourself? And you got to be honest with yourself at that point. And then be smart about it. Don't just go out there. Let's just say, you know, for the tight ends, tight ends that we have here, I don't tell them just go out on Monday and just do a whole bunch of drills. That doesn't make any sense. Go out Monday and only focus on footwork. Go out Tuesday and only focus on hands. Go out third, you know, Wednesday and really focus on route running. So you're really getting good at something and not spending a whole lot of time doing nothing. I mean, that's where you see a lot of times being very practical and having a plan in place for you to improve. So to answer that question, ask for the feedback. Make sure that you are doing everything you can to separate yourself. And more importantly, what type of plan do you have in place to reach your goals, dreams, and destination? A lot of those things need to probably be corrected um, if you don't know, because like we said before, you don't know what you don't know. So you're going to have to get the feedback. Then you're going to have to ask yourself, what are you doing to separate yourself? And then do you have a plan in place to even do it? Now I got to ask you, you speak with the conviction and the tenor of like a preacher. Is there an, <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm not, I, you tweet like it too. And it's awesome. But I got to ask you, what, where does that come from? You're like, you're very, like your philosophy of it's very, like when I do the podcast, it's very clear who has thought in a detailed manner about their philosophy of coaching, football, life, whatever. You are very apparent with that. So I, I guess I'm curious, how does your spiritual upbringing influence how you view coaching? And gradually as you go through life, you realize it's like I mentioned beforehand, you're your greatest investment, greatest commitment. And probably years, I don't know how long ago, years ago, you know, I heard someone ask this question and just hit me with conviction. Who's going to save you from hell? Your parents, your Hmm. girlfriend, your friends, you, they're like, you'll never be salvation or you will never be the sacrifice for heaven. So you're going to have to count on someone. And then that really resonated with me where there's not a human that you're going to meet that's going to be your savior. Only Christ is going to be the savior. There's not going to be anyone else on planet earth that can save you from hell. Only Christ can be that. And when you finally realize that and captivate that, and then you think about this, where a lot of people want the signs and wonders and miracles of Christ, but they forget they, do you really want the cross of Christ where that's surrender? submitting, sacrificing, picking up that cross every day. Um, And really, where is your mindset around that? I mean, I think a lot of times people are trying to please so many people, they forget the point of pleasing, the creator of pleasing. And you better put that focus back on there. I mean, you hear all the time, I just want to be a good person. Well, how can you be a good person if the creator of good is not involved? How can you give grace if you don't focus on the creator of grace? How can you give empathy and mercy and, and love and compassion if the creator of it all is not involved? Who is your example if he is not? And it makes you realize, like, at the end of the day, he's all I got. Because who else is going to save me? My mom, my job, the government? No. Because he loves you that much. And when you finally realize how how much he loves and loves 
fearlessly and loves when he created the love and he shows it. I mean, that's just, and you experience it and you see it with others. And, and when others come across and they show that kindness and that show that compassion, they show that grace and, and mercy and respect towards others. At the end of the day, think about it. We're all human beings and we're all dealing with the same three issues, sin, sorrow, and death. That's it. If you want to boil it down, I mean, everything else comes out of those three cores. And when you really think about it, every human is dealing with that. And every human wants what? To be seen. They want to be heard. They want to know they matter and that they have a place. Well, Christ sees you. There's not a day he didn't see you. He, cr he created you. There's not a day he's not open to listen to you. There's not, he's, there's not a day he doesn't love you. And he obviously created a place in heaven. So what are we looking for? The very thing we're looking for is the very person that's reaching out at all times that we might not be reaching back towards. So for me, that's what the whole realization really was and, and understanding that I'm never going to find anyone that loves me more than he will. Now, that doesn't give, that doesn't put you in a position where don't give up on mankind. You know, that's not what it is. But right. if I don't have the source of love, the source of mercy, the source, the source of compassion and grace, being the source and being the creator, what's the example? There's hmm. not one. Right. So, and I just think about humankind, what we, what we all deal with, like I mentioned before, and we can be the difference for each and every one of those, because the more you look, the more you listen, the more you learn, the more you can lead others, mm -hmm. yourself, the situation, the circumstance in a different direction. But it's really hard to, to lead anybody if you don't listen. And that's, I think that's something that he does a great job. And I think that he's a great example to, to mirror and mimic um, and try to, again, at the end of the day, I couldn't even create myself. So everything I, I do has to go back and be like, well, he created it. He's given it to me and I can just be a good steward to what he has because it's for his glory, his majesty and his worship. I mean, think about it. What were humans made for? Humans made, humans were made for what? Worship. We are all made for worship. And wherever our time goes, goes our worship. A lot of times we just choose to worship the wrong things. And it yeah. gives us that emptiness. And that doesn't give us any type of fulfillment. Because it doesn't act the way we think it should act. Right. And that's, and that's ultimately pride. Yeah. No, well, I think, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, we were reflecting before the start of the podcast on like, you know, how, how much your message has resonated, whether it's on Twitter with your players or whatever. Um, but I, I think, I think especially young people are attracted to clarity. You know, it's, it's nice to have, it's nice, you know, when you know that a coach is in it for, yes, obviously they're recruiting you to play football and you have to perform on the field, but, but football is really not about football per se. It's just a really fun it's a vehicle way. it's a yeah. tool it's, it's a vehicle. vehicle it's a tool yep and, and the most important yep. part is that conversation in that vehicle what's being said how you can how you know, you know hard coaching is not ridicule it's not name calling mm -hmm. hard coaching is holding a standard and holding accountability that's what that is sure but it's through the action of love because i want to see you be better than what you're doing and the greatest success we can ever have is seeing others have success that's it sure yeah. That's it. So, and totally. And then when you see, but, and I think that that message, like people find that refreshing when they hear it because 
what do you see on Twitter? Offers that's tearing people, you know, tearing people down instead of building people up. And, um, but Hey man, what, you know, we'll, I guess we might have to even do a part two someday. Cause I, I feel like we only like scratch. I mean, stuff. we can keep talking. I don't have, I don't have anywhere <laughs> to go right now. No, I, I, unfortunately I do have to, I got to run. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, this was awesome, man. I definitely would love to have you back on. And, um, I, I think you're doing awesome stuff. Um, you know, especially, you know, I heard a joke once, uh, New England likes football. The Midwest loves football, but the South loves football. And, uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, I tell you what, man, it's like lacrosse is like the, the mortal enemy of football up here in the Northeast, but, um, yeah, it's great to watch lacrosse players because they're still physical. It, I mean, it's funny, but the, the best football teams up in Connecticut, you know, we joke around there. We call them off off season lacrosse teams. All the kids are 5'11", 185. They all run four or fives. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's yeah. It's it. And here's the out. Thanks for listening to the Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment.